motherhood, and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am excited to be here today with our guest, Lindsay Berry. She is the author of two books, Money and the 39 Forever Mum, and Find Your Voice on Social Media. Lindsay is a marketing mentor, the founder of YYC Fempreneurs, and the owner of Berry Financial Consulting Incorporated, where she shares financial concepts and strategies to enhance the way women earn, save, and invest their money. Thank you so much for joining me, Lindsay. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Lindsay, a Cochrane mom of a 14-year-old, has been an instrumental part of turning mere ideas into viable and sustainable businesses for many women entrepreneurs. Not only has Lindsay shared her passion and expertise of social media and tirelessly promoted community and collaboration with like-minded women, she has gone to the next level with publishing two books and creating the YYC Fempreneurs. This community is growing with every online marketing school Lindsay offers and with every monthly e-newsletter along with the rave reviews from grads using what they learned about how to effectively market themselves online. Over 100 women have found the confidence and energy they need to succeed, thanks to the support of this group and its founder and leader. You are a busy person. Oh, I feel busy now that you said it like that. I guess that was my bio that my friend Kathy Whitney wrote for me. (laughs) Well, and it's amazing. I saw on social media that she was helping you with your bio while you were eating popcorn. I'm a huge fan of popcorn. So not only do we both have 14-year-olds, we also both love popcorn, which is great. (laughs) We were meant to be friends. (laughs) So you clearly wear many hats, and I would love to hear about your motherhood and work juggle. So how has that changed over time for you, and what are some of the strategies that have helped you along the way? Well, I think a big part of the, the mindset shift around, you know, I guess incorporating my son into my business versus separating him from my business. Like um, I, I kind of realized through just listening to a podcast and I can't remember who said it was like, your kids need to see what mommy's working actually looks like. Right. I mean, from a young, young age, they need like, what does that mean? Right. I know a lot of kids who don't like I'm a youth leader at my church and I, and I volunteer at a summer camp, not this year, but in past years. And a lot of kids have like, I'm like, Oh, what do your, what does your mom do? And like, they don't even know. 
And like, and whether they're business owners or job people, I don't know. But I mean, I think a lot of time it's like, mommy's working, mommy's working. I have work stuff to do. So when I started telling specifically, telling my son specifically what I was doing and even attaching dollar values, like the actual dollar values, like this brings in this much income and this client pays me this much. And like, I literally get really nitty gritty with him about it. Um, I think that that helps me feel maybe like less guilt around being like, go hit Netflix for a couple hours. I got to crush something out here. Like, you know, and this is what I'm actually doing. Yeah. I hope that answers your question. (laughs) That was a big mindset shift for me years ago. So. Yeah. And I think that's so true because you're right. You know, a mom or dad heads off to work and it, in a lot of ways, especially as kids get older and they're at school, they're maybe not really seeing all the things that are happening per se. And I think it's good for them to have that awareness and understanding and kind of be a part of it with you. And I think, you know, you, your perspective on that and your experience of that with that is so valuable, especially now, given everything that's going on, because we've just moved through that interesting stretch where we were all at home a lot Mm -hmm. more (laughs) together and, and trying to navigate that and having to work with our kids around much more than under normal circumstances. So I think that's a really interesting and great perspective to have and a great, great approach to use. I really like Thank that. Thank you. So obviously you have had a variety of experiences in the world of work, including starting your first business Um, being introduced to the concept of residual income and being let go from a job. So I'd love to learn more about these experiences and what you learned from them. Well, I mean, I wanted to be my own boss from about the age of 18 and a half when I graduated high school, moved out to Vancouver. I had older, I still do have older step siblings there, half siblings, I guess. Um, and they, two or three of the four of them were in Amway. And so I like was introduced to this idea of being my own boss and, and earning residual income, meaning doing something once and continuing to make money off of it. Now I don't do Amway anymore. I, you know, I basically gleaned a lot of the self-improvement and personal growth from that experience. And decided that I wanted to create my own business from my own brain with my own products. And eventually learned that if you can learn something and teach others how to do it, that is a marketable product that you can earn residual income from. So it took me a lot of years to figure that out, took getting fired, honestly, to figure that out. So I, um, I became a hairdresser after my Vancouver experience. One of my many jobs when I lived in Vancouver was working at a salon as the receptionist. Love the salon atmosphere. I'm still a hairstylist today. I still have a few clients. I don't have a lot of clients, but the ones that I do have, I absolutely love just hanging out with them. And when I was in high school, even in junior high, I used to love doing my friend's hair. So it'd be like, come over and, you know, we'll eat popcorn and watch movies and I'll do your hair. And like doing their hair was always part of it, whether it was like French braiding or they would let me chemically do their hair sometimes. It was pretty good. Um, yeah. And I would like bribe my little sister with like my stuffed animals that she really liked. She let me cut her hair. So I've always been into doing people's hair and changing their look, but Um, Long story short, I did hair for eight years and then ended up leaving the town that I was doing that in. So I went from Vancouver to Grand Prairie, 
was in Grand Prairie for nine years and then uh, had been trying to get out of there for a while. It just didn't feel like my forever home. I'd always loved the Calgary area and I had an opportunity to move out here. And I kind of tried to get my beauty business going here. Um, ended up working at a Medi Spa downtown Calgary for a very short period of time. And that was the period of time and the relationship that I made while working there was what led me to where I am today. So um, yeah, I'm going to make a really long story really short and just say I ended up working for a large international investment firm. And I know a lot of people are like, how do you go from being a hairdresser to managing people's life savings? Well, I've done it. I did it. And it's possible. And the number one thing that this company was looking for was a long track record as a self-employed person. And I had that through my mobile beauty business that I ran in, uh, in Grand Prairie for eight years. So they trained me about all the financial things after I, you know, passed my Canadian securities course exams and, um, had my life insurance license. I had, you know, a couple things in place before they hired me and they trained me the rest of the way. And, uh, when they fired me three years later, it was because I wasn't bringing in the commissions that I needed to basically be profitable for them as a company. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, I realized that after about 12 hours of sobbing and I, you know, booked a couple of meetings with a couple of people in the industry who had been sort of telling me for a number of months that this wasn't going to be my forever home in this company. And I was like, no way, this is, I'm going to retire with this company. I'm going to be here forever. I love it. It's great. It's my, it's my big girl job. It makes me feel so purposeful. And they were like, mm, you're an entrepreneur and this is a job. Like, this is not for you. <laughs> so when I got fired, uh, I quickly started to realize that the, the reason it wasn't a good fit for me was that I am passionate about learning and then taking that knowledge, that proven knowledge that can improve lives and taking it out to people and teaching it to them in a way that's easy for them to understand, dumbing down, you know, complex financial concepts. So I quickly wrote my first book while well, I quickly hired a business coach who had written books and wrote my first book, Money and the 39 Forever Mom. That is an amazing story. And I love how you know, in sort of looking back and reflecting back, like all of those experiences, you learned something that yeah. you could apply moving forward. And even those moments of, you know, rejection, or I guess, you know, in some people, in some ways people would say like a failure, but it's not, I find like in those moments, we learn the most. And right. when you look back in retrospect, it always makes sense, <laughs> even though it doesn't right. feel that way at the time, right? We're sobbing for 12 hours straight. I've had similar experiences where you just know that something isn't working or something mm -hmm. ends, or um, you're told that you're not the right fit for something, or you don't get that job that you really want to apply for. And in the moment, it just feels like the world has ended. <laughs> right. But uh, when you look back, um, it kind of, it's taught you something or it's helped you gain some clarity or it's helped you get to where you really should have, should have been and are. Um, I love that. That's a, a very powerful story. And you really have done many, many different things. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I love how you're teaching people based on the experiences that you've had and the things that you've done and the things that you've learned in a way that's really accessible. And uh, I'm my background is education. I'm a teacher. So I just, I love that. And, and you can be a teacher without being 
you know, a formal teacher, right? Right. Um, I think the biggest thing is the mindset that you have that you love to learn and you're always learning. I think that's the most important piece for sure. Yes. So I'm curious, what is your definition of success? And a second question to go along with that. Why do you feel that it's important to have that clear definition of success? Yeah, my definition of success is being someone who has, like back to what we were just talking about, gained a lot of knowledge, a lot of it through trial and error and through falling on your face and getting up and figuring out what just happened there and kind of turning it into something teachable. Um, My definition of success is definitely not measured with wealth and money and assets and material things. It's how big of an impact are you making on this world with the things you know? How many different ways are you packaging your smart brain and putting it out there? Because I do feel we all have a moral obligation to share what we know. And I mean, really, success is a reflection of how well we're doing at that, in my opinion. Um, And your second part of the question... I guess just because I've been, you know, I was chasing a moving target for a long time. I also think the second part of why that's important to me, I mean, you you know, chasing a moving target versus knowing what you want, not meaning that you're ever going to 100% get there and then be like, and I'm going to sit on my butt on my yacht now. Like, no, (laughs) right. We, We get there and it's just milestones. So the definition of success is definitely all always evolving. And I guess to some degree is a moving target, but without knowing what we want in this next chapter, we can't really celebrate the wins. And psychologically, we need to celebrate the wins in order to feel fulfilled, right? So I guess, yeah, that's part of it is defining what we want and what success looks like. And for me, success is literally just, you know, when I hit that hundredth student that came through my marketing school a month ago, that was something that I have yet to celebrate on a formal way, which is in the works, by the way. <laughs> There's an event coming up on October 8th for the YYC Fempreneurs where we'll be, we will be celebrating that milestone of 100 students um, uh, through the marketing school. I love, I love that. Um, and I love that you're planning to celebrate that important milestone with Fempreneurs and that those 100 students. And I think it is important to celebrate our, our successes and our wins and not forget to do that. And it's so funny. So with this podcast, I started in February. Awesome. Um, and so my, I had this goal in mind. Um, I'm, I'm going to celebrate when I have a thousand downloads. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm just past that a little bit, but it's funny in some ways I'm thinking, is that worth celebrating? Which is so terrible. I don't know. Of course if it's a, it is. Is it a, like a, a female characteristic or something to be like, yeah, oh, well, is that really worth celebrating? But it's funny. Um, my, I was joking with our kids saying that we should celebrate. And I said the celebration was going to be like a listening party of all the episodes of the podcast. And my crew are like, well, we can celebrate, but we're not really your target audience. We're not moms and we don't work. <laughs> I Love thought that was her. sweet. Yeah, they're like, we'll eat ice cream instead. Okay. <laughs> but that's nice. They definitely wanted to celebrate. So I think you're right. It's important to, you know, to set those goals, but then to actually celebrate those wins and those accomplishments for sure. 
Definitely. We might have to have a combination celebration. My hundredth student and your thousandth subscriber. I'm in. I'm in. A (laughs) one hundred thousand party. That would be, see, that sounds even better when you come together and celebrate. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) And then obviously, even along, along the lines of sort of that combined party. So community and connection is obviously a huge part of what you do. And what do you feel is the importance of surrounding yourself with like-minded women? Oh my gosh, that's what I was going to say. Okay. Okay, when you said, said, why is it important to know your definition of success is because you need need to surround yourself with people that have a similar definition of success. So yes, going right where you were going. I like how we both think. See, this is all working. It's all working. Perfect. But there is something to be said about people with a similar mindset or like going through something with a group of people at the same time. Um, There's something very powerful in that because you're able to really be there for one another and celebrate and encourage and push and challenge each other in the best possible ways. Um, I find it so helpful. It makes such a, a huge difference to to, to have that community as a mom and, and in the work that we do as well. Absolutely. I'm a much, I'm a much better mom because of my village and because of my community. Oh my Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting because right before COVID, so it was like a week before things started shutting down and it started becoming like a big thing. I was out at a writing retreat with one of my clients. She was putting the finishing touches on her book that I was helping her finish. And while we were there in Invermere, you know, panorama closed. I was supposed to catch a ride back with somebody. They weren't coming anymore because of COVID and da, 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 da. And I kind of got stranded for a couple of days. And then my friend, Kathy Whitney, that was telling you about, she came and rescued me. Anyways, long story short, um, while I was there, I was also planning the first ever YYC Fempreneurs Fab Five event. It was like a speed dating event that I'd had in my head for a little while. I was going to hold it at Trolley Five, downtown Calgary on 17th Ave. It was going to be called Fab Five at Trolley Five. And it was going to be like speed dating where you got to have five speed dates, but not super speedy, like seven minutes, like three and a half minutes each talking um, about your, you know, your, your passion, your purpose, your business, you're excited about blah, blah, blah. Anyways, that of course couldn't happen because of COVID. So then I switched it to a Zoom event and I learned how to do those, those, um, uh, those, what do they call it? The, the, the breakout groups. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I learned how to do those through youth group because our youth group started using Zoom and we were doing these breakout rooms and I was like, oh. So anyways, so I held, I think four or five of those throughout COVID and they were so successful. And the women that came on there and met new women, like, ran off into the sunset together and like the whole thing, it was just amazing. So to your point, um, we really can't accomplish much without like-minded women around us. And that was the biggest, the biggest reason why I started the YYC Fempreneurs with a marketing school where everyone showed up on the same day for six weeks and crushed it together and partnered them up and made sure that at the end of that six weeks, they were rock solid as a team. And uh, yeah, because that was the thing that I had been missing all those years. And honestly, I still didn't really have it um, when I started the marketing school. I knew I still needed more accountability, more teammates. So I kind of selfishly started my own team, right? I was like, you guys are all going to get this too, but (laughs) I'm going to get it and it's going to be awesome. And yeah, I've gained like 200, 300 contacts. I don't know. I'd have to sit down and look at how many female entrepreneurs I've met and actually would know by name and know what they do and know how many kids they have and how old they are. And 
what their biggest, you know, win is like to know that much about that many women in the last year, a half, year and a half is such a blessing that I can't imagine my life before I had that. Yeah. And that's amazing. What an incredible opportunity for yourself and kudos for you for getting the ball rolling with that, right? Like realizing that that was something that was missing for you and that you wanted. And obviously it's resonated with many other people because you've created this incredible community and all these incredible connections of like-minded women. Yeah. Well, and I find even that was sort of why I started this podcast is I felt like this conversation around motherhood and work just wasn't really openly discussed. And I really struggled with it, especially as a new mom. Mm. And I just found, you know, people sort of seem to have this plan and they seem very sure of it. And I was trying to Mm -hmm. figure out what was going to work best for me. Um, But it wasn't something that anybody really talked about. But it's funny, like as I've been talking about it, there's lots of people that have these incredible stories and journeys and and ups and downs and all the things and it's been so such a uniting force just in chatting about the juggle and what's worked for people and what's been tough and some effective strategies they've found and all the things so having that community makes such a difference for sure I'm curious where you came up with the name part-time jungle like I love it so much like, <laughs> jungle thing like where did that come from well, so the jungle, I call our kids monkeys <laughs> and we've got three of them and I, and I do feel like we live in a jungle some of the time and then <laughs> truthfully, um, so yeah, we've got three monkeys and um, the part-time piece actually initially was because when I wanted to go back to work, so as a teacher, I used to teach um, high school bio and chem I wanted to work part-time. Like I just couldn't see working full-time hours and I didn't want to stay home full-time and just navigating that gray area or that sort of way that I felt would work best for me just seemed especially lonely and uncomfortable. But then it's uh, the name has sort of evolved because I think really, and this was the other piece in being a mom, like with anything motherhood, there's opinions about things. <laughs> like if you work full time, I've heard the comments, um, you know, people will say, oh, you know, your kids are only little for so long. Like you, do you really need to be working full time? Or if you're staying at home, um, you know, there can be judgments there. Like I've heard people say things like, oh, you know, those stay at home moms and their Lululemon outfits, like going to the gym all day. And like, there's so much judgment. And even mm-hmm. with part-time when I, cause I teach at the University of Calgary part-time, Um, And I, when I started there, I felt so proud and I felt like I was making such a difference for my students and I felt very excited and it worked really well for our family. And I remember somebody asking me what courses I was teaching and I told them and they kind of hesitated and were like, so what else do you do? Like, that wasn't enough. I don't know. There's just so much judgment around it. So Um, I feel like in motherhood and work, it's kind of a jungle part of the time for all of us, no matter the way. And I think instead of being judgy, (laughs) um, if we just are, you know, understanding that everybody's going to have a way that works best for them. And sometimes it's due to circumstance and sometimes we're able to make a choice. Um, 
but really we're united in motherhood. And if we can just be kind and share stories, then um, that's, that's the better way to be and the better way to do things. So that's my long-winded answer. That's the name awesome. has evolved. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, so, and here in the part-time jungle, we definitely like to keep things real because it can for sure look like and feel like everyone has it way more together than we do, right. um, especially on social media. But motherhood is truly an adventure. And in my case, it feels like a jungle. Um, <laughs> do you have a mummy mess up that you'd be willing to share with us? So a mistake or something you wish you'd done differently or maybe a learning experience of some sort? Well, I think in general, I I yell a little more than I should. Um, Something happened this morning uh, that I'll let you know about. So ridiculous. I can't even believe I'm telling you this. But anyways, um, (laughs) so my son got his license on his birthday, his 14th birthday. Okay. So he's been driving quite a bit. We did a big road trip down to Vancouver Island back. I let him drive in Vancouver. He drove off the ferry. He drove on the ferry to go to Nanaimo. He drove off the ferry. Like he's drove a lot. I wasn't really comfortable with him driving in Vancouver. I was going to make him pull over at some point when we got off the ferry, but traffic wasn't too bad. And he drove all the way through Vancouver to my sister's house. And that was great. So this morning we're driving out to his school, Springbank, and the traffic was insane. And Another part of this, speaking of popcorn, so <laughs> crushed some popcorn a couple of days ago, had this piece of popcorn jammed like in the weirdest spot up in behind my teeth. Oh, and it, yeah, it was yeah. like, it had been there for a few days. The hat's been a few days inside. Pop, you know when you've got popcorn stuck in your teeth and three I days do. later, yeah. you're like, it's inflamed and it's mad and it's not good. And I could not get it out. So I'm digging at it the whole way with this piece of plastic that I folded in half and got this nice little sharp point. And I was digging at it for the whole 15 minute drive. And so he's driving, we get into this horrible traffic mess. We decided to go around the other way, but right as we're coming up to this road traffic, I get the thing out and I have this piece of popcorn on my finger and I held it over to him and I was like, look, I got it. And he looks over and he almost rear-ended a car. Because he was looking at what I was showing him. And I'm like, stop! Yelled, right? Like, scary mommy yell. Yeah. It was my fault that he almost ran into the car. Anyways, there's your story. Fresh one from this morning. I don't know if there's a lesson in that. Maybe, I don't even know. I need to be less yelly. (laughs) And more present with what's actually happening in the moment. And when your son is new and he's driving, do not talk to him when his foot is on the gas pedal. And show him the piece of popcorn you pulled out of your mouth. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But we all have those moments, right? Uh We all have those moments. Yeah. Our oldest is studying for his learners right now. So we haven't quite ventured into the driving, but that will be an interesting time. But I'll make a mental note because that could definitely happen to me, given the amount of popcorn I can see. If it was like an episode of Seinfeld, we totally came back around to the popcorn. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Popcorn has its ups and downs for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great story. Thank you for sharing and being so honest. There's a lot of value in it, but I hope your listeners are laughing right now. Well, I think, but it's, it's great because I think it's just good to share these types of moments and these happenings because they happen to all of us. Right. And I think Sometimes in some cases, maybe people feel, oh my gosh, like I can't believe I, 
you know, worst parent ever. But I mean, we're, we've all done stuff like that, right? Like my list is long. <laughs> We'd be here all day. <laughs> I have many moments. Yes. Oh, man. Oh. That's a great question too. I'm looking forward to listening to some episodes of your show to hear what others have said to that question. There's been some very, yeah, a whole range of answers. Some very interesting ones for sure. <laughs> There's a great story about a bear. So you'll Ooh. have to listen to that one for sure. What episode is that? Uh, that is, yeah, that's an interview with Resume Restoration. So I believe it's 17. Hey. I'll yes. That yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one. It was a good one with some good lessons that came from that for sure. Um, and then just before we wrap things up, just wondering if you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for moms who are listening, who might be looking for some inspiration or support with their own mom work juggles. Um, I do preach the boundaries a lot. Um, I actually went to the Hoffman process uh, right before I started the Fempreneur community in the marketing school. That was really where I had the aha moment of how I could structure it and my life in order to pull it off and really came down to boundaries down to um, making sure that the other people in my life know that this is kind of how I run my life. These are the time chunks that I don't budge on. And when it comes to growing your business and getting intentional with your time and batching your to-dos, so basically not putting creative time with client meetings um, and not trying to do dishes and laundry while, you know, creating posts on Canva, like getting more intentional with your time boundaries and batching the bees, I call them, um, be more, uh, yeah, be more consistent with your bees basically. No, that's good advice. Cause I think there's this idea, um, around multitasking and it actually can just, I think, create a lot of anxiety, and it really prevents us from being as productive as we could be. And uh, what you're speaking of, I'm definitely trying to work on being better at, at that for sure. And I think now that we're shifting into a little bit more of a routine, I think it will be a little bit easier. But um, yeah, I've definitely tried to be more intentional with my time. And even with the times with our kids, like just making sure that I'm really present for them um, and not distracted by work things or all the other things that we're trying to do. So yeah, no, that is great advice. Thank you. And thank <laughs> you for creating this podcast. This is so needed. Like I'm just so honored to be on this podcast and to get to know some of your audience and to share you with my audience. I'm looking forward to to blasting this out there to my channels and e-newsletter and Instagram. And I'm just like, yeah, what you're doing is fantastic. So thank you for following your heart and for pushing through the discomfort of taking on something else, because no matter what that person says, they're full of crap, like you're a busy lady and this is another thing. And so you're, it's a great service for moms and moms who want to, who want to crush life in all areas, including being a, an entrepreneur. So yeah, kudos to you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you here. It's such an honor. And I feel like I've learned so much just even through our conversation, oh, which is wonderful. Sure. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. And thank you also just for being here and sharing your story, um, all your ideas, all your knowledge, us, knowledge with us today. So if uh, the Part-Time Jungle listeners want to learn more about you and all the amazing things that you do, where are the best places to find you? 
Yeah, yycfempreneurs.com and yycfempreneurs on Instagram. There's always a free marketing tool at the yycfempreneurs.com homepage. Um, there's a page there where you can learn more about me. Although I feel like if you've listened to this podcast, you've probably got a pretty clear picture of who I am and why I do what I do. Um, yeah. So the marketing school is, is a six week process and the next one starts up September 23rd. It runs four or five times a year. Um, sometimes when a world crisis happens like COVID, I run two classes at once, (laughs) um, which is what I did, which was pretty cool. And yeah, you can, uh, you can get in on that. And once you're a graduate from the program, then you can join Fem Team, which is a mastermind group that I run, small groups. Um, and we're actually working on a leadership summit right now. So we're going to be holding a big event, a uh, mixture of live and online um, seminars and sessions and workshops and things all focused on leadership and how leadership and marketing and serving our clients all connects and how we can be better at that as entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs. So yeah, that's where you can find out about me, yycfempreneurs.com. And thank you so much again. This has been awesome. Thank you. And I'll make sure to share all that information in the show notes. That sounds like you've got a lot of exciting things coming up as well. That's so great. Thank you so much again for sharing your time with us today, Lindsay. It was so appreciated. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.